stupid. I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to Minute 41 of The Cast Next Door. We begin a new week and with me I have the host of Minutes 5 to 8 and 17 to 20, Michael Painter. Hello, Michael. Hey, hello. And debuting on this episode with us is Jim Donahue. Hello, Jim. Hey there, guys. Hey, I hope you got the flowers I sent. I didn't sign the card. <laughs> I didn't think it was appropriate. That kind of hints at what this minute is. Claire has just received some flowers. She's in the teacher's lounge. Vicky has just been chatting with her, giving her grief about Garrett again, because that is her role in life. And she's just left the picture in the belief that Garrett was the one who sent the flowers, and Claire has just called Garrett to thank him, and we find out, with a dramatic musical sting, that no, he has no idea what she's talking about when it comes to the flowers. Uh, Claire hangs up, and she goes to the gym. I don't know how she knows Noah is in the gym, but she does, and she walks over to him. Uh, He gives her a funny line about how he's busy with some physical education, And uh, Claire is familiar with that subject. And she's like, what were you thinking with the flowers? And he insists it was a peace offering. And we finish the minute with Claire saying, do you know what that looks like? Uh, So, uh, guys, what is there to talk about in this minute? Oh, man. So, first and foremost, just the boneheaded move by Garrett here. Like, his his (laughs) wife that, you know, he's been kind of, like, on the rocks with for a while now. They've been separated thinks that he sent her flowers and she calls him to thank uh to thank him for them and he's just like what flowers what flowers like just just play it cool dude like somebody <laughs> yeah. sent her flowers and and she thinks they're from you just roll with it it might as well be you yeah i was gonna say he could have just took credit he could have just gone yeah yeah the flowers i hope you like them they're your favorites aren't they like yeah he's an idiot plus the, the way it's shot and and scored it's so ominous you'd think that she didn't get flowers. She got like a dead cat or something. This minute itself is kind of neatly divided into three little 20 second bits. And that kind of the first 20 seconds is that bit. And uh, we get a bit of uh, Jennifer Lopez's face acting as she realizes um, <laughs> <laughs> that the flowers aren't from Garrett. And it's like it's it's such a great moment because she's kind of like, huh, what? Oh no! And then she kind of like puts a puts her phone away, and you can still hear Garrett going, "What?" Like on the other end, which I think is a nice touch that they kind of kept his distant voice as she puts her phone away. Um, and then she kind of tears up the card, which I think is like a weird statement to make because, like, it's not signed. So why would she? Like, it seems like she's trying to destroy evidence, but why would she care if it's not signed? Like the only other person who knows about the flowers still thinks that that, that they're from Garrett. So you know, no harm, no foul. It's, it's weird because that's kind of where the dramatic the dramatic sting is. Just as she realizes, isn't it? There's like a on the score, it kind of goes dun, yeah. and you're like, oh. Uh. Well, this whole minute is really ominously scored and lit, like just throughout. Like, uh, when we, when we cut to this like school gym, none of the lights are on, which is weird to me because I don't think I've ever (laughs) seen a gym with like so dimly lit in a school. 
Uh, it's budget cutbacks. They have to save where they can. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what their budget is like because they're employing one teacher who just only teaches the classics. You know, when Claire is standing in the doorway, it, she's kind of lit from behind. And then as she walks in, the camera kind of pans across uh, and kind of dollies in to where Noah is and then kind of gives a close-up on Noah when he delivers his line. Um, and then it kind of cuts back to Claire and then she keeps walking into shot. I don't know that Rob Cohen has a particular directorial style, but I thought that was kind of like a nice shot in the middle of this scene. I kind of felt myself uh, wishing that the shot of Noah punching the bag was more something like what we got out of Avengers, where we got that like clean shot of Chris Evans' ass. I kind of wish that we did more of that with Noah here. Like, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> it's funny because, like, uh, I mean, it's sort of been discussed a little bit, but Noah, throughout this film, whenever he's on screen, he's always kind of doing, like, manly pursuits. Uh, like he's fixing a car, he's fixing a garage door, he's, you know, <clears throat> he's getting naked in front of the mirror. Um, you know, yeah. like, he, there's never, like, it's always an opportunity to kind of show off his body. So, yeah, I think, like, the it's a nice camera move, but they could have kind of stuck on Noah a bit longer. Um, he's got some moves, though. You know, he's kicking yeah. that bag, he's punching that well, bag, he's... Well, they go, they go out of their way to set Noah up as, like, the ideal man, just so they can, I don't know pull the rug out from under the viewer at the last minute and be like, no, wait, he's actually terrible. Oh, no. He sent these flowers and he says it's a peace offering. And in the next minute, not to spoil too much, but he's kind of trying to set up a, he's trying to kind of start again with Claire is his insistence. Yeah. This kind of crack about physical education. Yeah, it's a weird line to start with. Yeah, when you're trying yeah. to make peace with someone, like, that's a really smarmy, smart-alecky thing to start with. The way the camera frames him, like, kind of smiling as he says it. Oh, it's it's a full-on shit-eating grin. Like, just full stop. He knows the, he knows she's going to get the flowers today. Like, he would have known when the delivery was. So I'm, I'm guessing he was expecting her. Um, and it kind of, it feels a little bit, kind of i mean when she walked in he may as well have just said out loud hey do you remember we fucked it's just like <laughs> well they're, they're, they're trying to be subtle here like because this is good screenwriting they they show him like really idealized and as this handsome man who knows how to fix things throughout the beginning of the film and then we get this very subtle hint of him being a smart ass in an ominously lit ominously scored room <laughs> That he might be up to something. This is one of the things that's kind of a bit more broader uh, that the film seems to be hinting at, which is, you know, um, like what is this? I mean, a kind of question that I'm, I'm asking people as I go along is kind of what is Noah's end game? Did he see himself becoming Kevin's stepdad? Like, <laughs> God, I didn't even think of it that way. If his plan to start off with was simply to get Jennifer Lopez naked, or should I say Claire Peterson naked? Um, then he succeeded. You know, his his plan was a great success. But then the question is, um, like, what next? <laughs> and I can never quite work out what his next step would be. But when he sends these flowers, I, like, I don't know if his plan is to get back into her good books and then get to see her naked again. Um, well, when, when this scene ends, and of course that ends out of this minute, so I don't know if I should even go there, but his, his uh, the expression of, on his face, considering they've just had kind of a reconciliation, the expression on his face is kind of, like, he, tears, he turns into, evil basically he does evil face as soon as she turns away and leaves i think if the if, if his reckons if this attempt at reconciliation was actually genuine i don't think and that is in minute 43 that that happens like okay. right at the very beginning of that minute i don't think he would have dropped his smile i think if this reconciliation was true 
which given that we're in kind of like a a thriller genre film it can never be true but if it was then he would have just been happy that they'd reconciled and and the flowers essentially have worked it's 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 not uh it's not earnest it's a manipulator move like he's going to send her the flowers if she reacts positively to the flowers, then he's in, like he's good to go. If she reacts negatively, oh, it was just a peace offering. I didn't mean anything by it. It's it's the whole, like, oh, I was joking, you know, kind of thing. The Schrodinger's asshole kind of gambit. <laughs> I feel like the, the question in the viewer's mind is always what are the motivations of, you know, the boy next door? Like, what is... In any scene, you're always trying to figure out, you know... Like when he was he was in the kitchen and he was doing the whole you got to read the Iliad bro... To me, that feels like it was a show for Claire um, more than anyone else. Like, I don't know if he has read the Iliad or if he's just like, you know, read the Cliff's, note, Cliff's Notes on it or whatever. Like, uh, but it, it seemed like when he was saying, oh, the Iliad's great and all this kind of, like that was a show for Claire. And when he's, uh, you know, fixing the car, he knows Claire's looking at him. Um, a lot of the like, kind of a lot of his the stuff that he does in this film feels like a show or a manipulation um, like, you know, the, the way he kind of, when they go to the, um, hardware store, him and Kevin, the way he's acting with Kevin, it doesn't feel like he's actually wants you know, like he wants to be friends with Kevin. It feels like he's using Kevin to get to Claire. Yeah, I think you're right. Obviously everything being so ominously scored kind of makes the intentions of what Noah is doing here a little obvious. Like there's a real, and this is something you could probably say about the whole film, but there's a real lack of subtlety going on in this scene. It, like it's, it begins to feel to me like uh, like everything like everything is, is sort of being found out here. But Noah's strategy is just to be like, well, if they find out, it doesn't matter because I already have a plan of what to do next. Um, but I'm not sure that he's actually that clever as a character. Like he's trying to do like kind of the supervillain thing. Like I'm always two steps ahead, except he's doing it to people where like, it's really not that hard to be two steps ahead of them. Like no one in this <laughs> film is particularly bright. So plus after everything Jennifer Lopez went through in enough, you think she would have learned something from that experience? I, I, I think a lot of people are, uh, would like to view all of the Jennifer Lopez kind of like thrillers that she's done. The Lopez verse, yeah, as being all all one continuous uh, thing. Uh, is there anything else that kind of jumps out to you in this minute, guys? I mean, I feel we've kind of, you know, I, gone into it in, in depth. It, and this is probably an observation people have made in other minutes, but. It's really weird to me that a high school has a boxing ring. <laughs> that is unusual. Like, like that's, yeah. that, that's weird, right? That, like, I, I don't know. And again, I'm still kind of confused about where exactly this movie takes place. Like, we get the sense that it's in, that it's in California. And it's it feels like a small town, but, like, the high school seems really upper class. Like, they have a lot of things that, like, just a middle class high school or even a lower end high school, like, just would not have. Like a class, yeah. like a class on the Iliad or a boxing ring, and it's just, <laughs> I, 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 don't know where we are. I, I mean, I think because they say the valley, and because he says that he, um, you know, Noah says that he was in San Bernardino. I, I think we're meant to just assume it is somewhere in California. And is this a public high school? It, it, as far as I can tell, yeah. I wonder. I wonder how many public high schools teach uh, the Iliad these days. Um, I mean, probably not many, but I would say this. Um. I I don't think it I don't think it's meant to I think it's meant to be a high school with just a little bit of money just because 
the house that Jennifer Lopez lives in. I know that Garrett could have provided, you know, for all that house. Yeah, he's, he's, he seems like a wealthy so-and-so. Yeah, but I, I'm like, I'm not fully convinced. I think maybe, you know, her wages, are, you know, are probably enough to contribute something towards that. Um, and also... Well, this, this school, like, seems really incompetently run in general because we get we get uh, Kristen Chenoweth as the vice principal who <laughs> yeah. does not care about education at all. Yeah, as you extensively covered in minutes 17 to 20. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Vicky does not give a shit about education or the kids. She really don't care. Um, and yeah, she's the vice principal, which I, I, it's funny because I think, uh, like that's the, like your minutes was the minute where we learned that that was her profession. And, and I guess from there, we just find out she's just kind of hanging around the school. Not really like she's another character where like we're told what her job is, but we never really see her doing it either. She's just kind of there. Uh, you don't really get to, it's fun. I, again, you don't get to see Garrett do his job either. <laughs> he, he, um, I've forgotten what his job is now. What is his job? It, he's business. He, he, he does. He is business. the business yeah he, he does vague <laughs> business of the business he has a business yeah. card that just says business on it <laughs> yeah i th- i i think they they kind of intimate that he's into tech um because he says he built the computer over three weekends or something i think yeah but that that might not mean that's part of his job it just might mean like he knows how to build a computer we don't we don't know yeah i mean i i guess like if they're talking about how close it is to the valley then you know that's where the allergist appointment is at the beginning of the film. Mm. I, I think they're probably trying to intimate that he's somehow connected uh, with maybe venture capitalists or something like. That's kind of what I had assumed. Um, but yeah, like you've got a number of people in this film who you're told what their job is, and then you never see them do that job. <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, and, and, it, and it, it feels it feels like a weird nitpick because there are plenty of movies where you're told what someone does for a living. And don't see them do it. It's just, you see so little in this movie, relatively speaking, that it just, it feels like you want something, anything more. Plus the fact that you, you, her job is talked about so much. If it, yeah. if, it weren't, if it weren't such a big plot point, then it wouldn't be that surprising. But it is a big plot point, only you don't see her do it. Yeah, it's funny because in the, in the minutes that are set in the school, we spend more time in the boxing ring um, and in the kind of previous minutes <laughs> watching um, Kevin hyperventilate about something and have an attack and, and you know, get a vague, a vague uh, A vague movie nerd attack. Yeah. That's, and then that's ha- his whole oh. thing because he's allergic to everything. Of course he has asthma. Like he's... <laughs> He's he's the vague movie nerd. Yeah, and and then obviously then Chekhov's EpiPen gets used <laughs> on him. Um, but it's it's funny because uh, like we see tons of stuff in the gym. We you know this scene's in the gym. The next minute's in the gym, um, and yet we spend comparatively little time in the classroom. Uh, and yeah, for, for, I mean, here's the thing: if they'd have said she's an English teacher and we never saw the school, then I could kind of understand why we don't see her teaching. But because they say she's an English teacher and then we actually have part of the plot set in the school, it seems weird that we don't even get like 30 seconds of her saying something about the Iliad to some students. Um, or maybe we do and I'm just misremembering. But I don't I don't remember. I don't being think like, we do. 
It might be on the cutting room yeah. floor. But it's funny because Claire's kind of like, what, what What was Noah thinking? But here she is standing in a, a dimly lit gym talking with a, a male student who's very sweaty. Uh, and obviously for people who walk past, that doesn't look very good. But Just talk to him later. Like, it's not like you don't know where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't. I, I, it's funny because um, something that I, you know, um, that I think obviously will be talked about a bit more when she gets the flowers is uh, Kevin's just had his attack and he's just been saved. Uh, and yet she's just sitting in the teacher's lounge <laughs> getting these flowers and being all happy. So she doesn't seem concerned about her son, uh, which is, I feel like this just happens all the time. Like, again, not to to rag on, like, him being, you know, the typical movie nerd who's just allergic to everything just all the time, but, like, he probably almost dies on a daily basis. I actually wasn't (laughs) sure how much time was supposed to have passed. I don't think it's clear. Well, I'm going to, like, his attack takes place about four minutes before this, and then she gets the flowers is, like, literally the next scene. So, and I'm assuming that, um... Like, this is, like, the afternoon, and that that was in the morning, morning? so it's the same day. Okay. It's just, yeah, like, the passage of time of, like, a couple of hours, it's like, you never see Kevin, like, uh, I don't know, like, at the nurse's office, and his mother comes to see him, or... It's weird, because it's like the... It's kind of one of the... Like, Claire is set up as this kind of very maternal person, Uh, you know, it's... When we meet her, it's a, it's quite a while into the film before they actually say she has a job and she has her own kind of professional life. So you kind of, for the first 10 minutes, you know, think that she's just a mother. And then they start talking about the Iliad nonstop for 15 minutes. So it's weird that given that she's set up as kind of like a caring mother, that in the scene between the attack and the scene between her getting the flowers, there's no scene with her and Kevin, even if it's just for like 20 seconds. It's It's... It kind of makes her seem a little callous. Um, or, like you say, maybe this just happens every day and she's kind of got sick of it. Yeah, I'm just, I am so sick of this shit. Fix him, please. <laughs> yeah, like, he's the best allergist in the valley, which means, you know, he's going to he's gonna finally put an end to all this nonsense and I can get on with my life. So I think we've covered everything. Uh, Michael, do you have anything that you wish to plug? Uh, yeah, you can uh, find me on a, my friends and I have a Power Rangers uh, rewatch podcast. Uh, called Teenagers with Attitude. So if if you're the sort of person who likes people really overanalyzing things and getting way too in-depth on uh, really stupid material, and I assume you do because you're listening to this, uh, check us out at uh, Teenagers with Attitude on uh, iTunes, Shout Engine, or uh, at Teens with Tude on Twitter. And Jim, do you have anything that you wish to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at... Other Jim Donahue. Uh, thanks very much for joining me to talk about this uh, wonderful minute. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Darren. Okay, I'm going to be here for the rest of the week to kind of follow up on what happens with Claire and Noah. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, and good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to Talking Cast Presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, editor, producer, Darren, with my guests, Michael Painter and Jim Donahue. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad, or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com, or subscribe Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Artwork by Josh Hollis. The Boy Next Door is owned by Blumhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Eureka, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is a first edition?